0: All right.
1: Okay. Welcome to this the Red Bulletin Podcast. I'm your host, Andreas Georges. We're talking to top performers in the worlds of adventure, sports, culture, music, innovation. We're trying to understand the hurdles that they had to overcome to get where they are and, and the tips and tricks that made them better. And today we've got um, really an amazing guest. This guy is, well, first off, his name is Carlin Isles, and uh, he started off as kind of a Division II football player. He was uh, very close to making the U.S. national track team ahead of the Olympics in 2012. He was at the trials there when he stumbled across a YouTube video on rugby, and that changed his life forever. It's not really a podcast about a rugby player, though. It's a podcast about a man who at a very, very young age makes a realization that he has a gift, in this case, a gift of speed, and that he wants to spend the rest of his life Sharing that with others and using it to inspire others, he's had a really, really rough upbringing, and he goes into some detail about that. But the story that you can pull out of it is beyond inspirational. All right, here we go with Carlin Isles. I got, I got so many questions. Um, you good? Okay. I
0: saw you walking down on Melrose. You look like an angel. <laughs> I just had to put that in there.
1: It's it's uh it's seductive, isn't it? Yeah. Hearing your own voice. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. That's funny, bro. Uh,
1: you you're not shy.
0: Actually, I am shy. I am shy.
1: That's bullshit. You said, that's came bull- in here. You would never played drums before. You started messing around on the drum kit. Yeah, yeah. You you sing on this, even though we're recording. Uh, you, you're not afraid to try stuff out.
0: Oh no, not not at all. Um, it's good to try stuff out.
1: Um, you are the fastest rugby player in the world. And uh, I, I would say so. And also um, probably stopwatches say so as well, which yeah. <laughs> we are infinitely better authority uh, than myself. I read a nice profile of you, um, and there's a great line from it. It says, you study running the way architects study building construction. Um, where does speed begin?
0: Um, speed begins first uh, through God. He gave me a gift um but then it's uh you develop it so for me um when i was younger when people was a little faster than me and i didn't understand why then i started understanding the background because i was like man i'm gonna be faster than these guys i'm i'd I'm, never want nobody to beat me again so when then, was that, when, when did that so end? probably about when i first probably about eighth grade so i know i was fast about when i was eight so i know how to give um i was just running and I always liked to run. It was a kid, actually it was a kid that was faster than me, but he was older than me and I didn't know that at the time. Um, but I was just fascinated by his speed. So I used to be like in the snow running up hills. Um, we used to throw this long tennis ball and try to not and not let it bounce twice. So I it can bounce once and try to catch it on the second bounce. So um I just used to do everything um I possibly could to be faster. Um, and get faster so I just how did here, you so. know how
1: to do this stuff did you just come up with these ideas by yourself
0: um, yeah I just came up with ideas by myself um, a lot was uh, rock- watching Rocky movies <laughs> really <laughs> yeah I was really inspired by uh, Sylvester Stallone at a younger age I just liked the way he uh, the way the movies told us like a story at a sense of of struggling and um, in, in the grind and becoming somebody. So for me, once I understood that there was there was science behind running and then, you know, you can get faster, do technique or doing different drills or exercises, then I started looking deep into it.
1: Um, he also does a lot of unconventional stuff. In those exactly. Movies, right? uh-huh. Like hitting dead carcasses of animals. And yeah. Yeah. And that, that's the kind of stuff that resonated with you. Because this yep. is, I'm guessing this is like before YouTube and stuff where you could literally go in there yeah, and exactly. look stuff up, right? Mm-hmm. So you you just came up with it by yourself?
0: Yeah, I just came up by myself. Just be creative, an uh-huh. architect.
1: And so it was. And so it was it starts in the feet or the ankles or the knees? And what? Or the mean, core? You're like getting faster.
0: So it's it's in the core, it's in the glutes, the hips, the ankles are key, especially for dorsiflexion. Um, the core is really important to the diaphragmatic. Um, it's the inner part which stabilizes your hips and everything around it. So you want that to be strong. So when you when you're running, um, your base and your hips and your hips don't sink. A lot of people's hips sink and then they um, it goes up. So you want them to be stable and be able to hold. So no leakage. You don't want no leakage out. So and then it's about um, training speed, speed endurance, um, special endurance, pure speed. Um, your different energy systems and other systems. Okay. Um, and then it's about building, you know, being strong as well to be able to exert um, force and be able to do that repeatedly and hold that um, exuberate force from point A to point B. So it's a lot behind it. but That's like a physics breakdown. You yeah, just yeah. It. It's and like then, a it, physics biological uh-huh. breakdown. And, and then there's a lot of angles. Um, sprinting is, is a lot about angles. So once you understand angles and sprinting and you hit those angles, then it's, it's pretty much easy.
1: And, and you've built up to this point, right? Because I imagine at the beginning it was just let's just have some fun and, and see how fast I can go. Yeah, it was
0: let's have some fun. And then um, then I was like, oh, man, how can I get faster? So then, I mean, I used to teach my high school track uh, team in, in the sprints um, as far as mechanics and stuff like that because I was so knowledge. And even in middle school, um, I was just had the the heart and the desire um, to learn and to get better. And um, I used to be up in the morning before school um, at like five o'clock, and I used to chase the bus up the hill. So, <laughs> really, yeah, I was a weird kid, very <laughs> weird, man. So, very you weird.
1: you chase the bus in order to beat it,
0: yeah. So, I'll race it, and then I'll, I'll race it up the hill, boom, and I just run, boom boom boom, 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 racing it. Um, and I do that, and then I run, I go from one mailbox to another, and I race it, and I time it, boom. so it's like maybe 40 yards, and I used to just run up the hill and clock it, boom. And then I used to be on the hill. It'd go down a little. It'd go start up and then go down, so like over speed. And then i wait for a car to kind of be where I'm at. And i just take off. And uh, I used to try to race it. So.
1: And would the drivers be pretty surprised?
0: Yeah, I was moving. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> I always had these little goals of um, that I kind of set and then just worked towards it.
1: Um, this was where? This was Ohio? Uh-huh, Ohio. So you were born in Akron, right?
0: Yeah, I was born in Akron. Okay. Um, I didn't stay there till about seven. Seven years old. Seven years old. With your folks, or so. You uh, know, when, when I was uh, in foster care. So oh. I stayed up there until I was in foster care. I got adopted. I left at seven, then I got adopted at eight and moved to the suburbs. Then what then, What
1: happened? What happened to your? If you don't mind me asking, yeah. what happened to your folks?
0: Um. Well, I didn't really see my dad that much. Okay. Um, so I was with my my mom a little bit, her boyfriend a lot. Um, well, my mom did drugs, so. I got taken away from her um, when I was at her apartment complex, but I stayed with her boyfriend a lot. Her, my twin and I was actually, we lived in a car for a little bit, so we was homeless, so we lived with a boy, her boyfriend in a car in the back seat. And um, one day, my sister and I was in a, uh, and this I was in a tour car, you know, paddling, and uh, these these cops swarmed her apartment. And they took her and they put her in the back of the paddy wagon, and they put my sister and I in the back of the police car. And then, uh, uh, I was like wait 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 I want to give something to my mommy so I got out of the car I picked the little dandelion out and then uh oh, is it you know the yellow things that you uh, da- daffodil or Yeah I yeah. think so yeah. and uh they opened it up opened a big paddy Wagon truck and then I gave it to her and then I was the last time I seen her So
1: yeah Uh how old were
0: you I was uh, 6 I think And your and your sister I uh, she's my twin so she was 6 too Wow yeah,
1: and uh, I mean, did things progress quickly? I mean, were you able to find a foster family, or was it? Yeah, so those took days us after must have been so confusing. But yeah, yeah. On yeah, the, the like, other hand, you're six years old, so how much yeah. do you remember that time, really? Yeah,
0: so I remember. I kind of remember the majority of it all. They took us to a temporary home um, for like a day until they found us uh, another place where that was going to keep us longer. And we was there for a day. A um, caseworker took us there, and then. Next day we went to a home in Akron, where I mean there was like a couple it was a boy and then maybe three other girls and then yeah we stayed with them and um, it was brutal but yeah
1: <coughs> when did you get uh taken in by a foster family
0: um well that's that's when I got taken care when i when I left them mm-hmm. it was I was there for a day at the temporary home and then i I was in foster care when I, the day after so yeah I was there for about i think maybe a year. Then I got... My parents came and wanted to adopt us and uh I prayed for that, boy, because the struggle before that was real.
1: <laughs> I mean, you're six years old, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't know... You don't know how you're even feeling about all of this stuff, I imagine.
0: Yeah, but but it was like... I used to run away from home a lot when I was in foster care because I... My, I used to get in fights a lot to protect my twin and I, so it was just... uh We had to eat dog food. I ran away from home and then... uh yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to be there because I knew if I would have kept uh, living like that, I'd probably end up being dead or in jail right. for for a fact. Even at that young age? Oh, hey, shit. I knew, I already, it, was, it was so bad. And the schooling was so bad, I couldn't even read. When I was eight, I couldn't read, right? I couldn't do nothing. Um, and it was just, it wasn't a, a good environment. And um, I used to cry and pray, God, please get me out of here. Please, 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 please. I got tired of fighting people uh, to protect my 29 and just running away, just crying. And, uh, it was, it was, it was hard mentally. Um, but yeah.
1: And then your parents came Your your foster parents came mm-hmm. and adopted you guys. Yeah. That must've been amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I prayed and like probably about <laughs> a day or two later they came and, um, the crazy part was when I when we ended up getting adopted, my parents told me that they didn't want them to a- adopt my twin and I. They tried to get us they tried to get them to adopt somebody else because they had a hard time. There was a child that was nobody wanted and they tried to con my parents to adopting them instead of us. But they were so adamant on my twin and I, and they loved us. Um and it was like, No, we really want these two And sometimes they separate the two and they didn't separate us. Thank God. But uh yeah, so
1: so it must have been a was it like an overnight change? And yeah, it was
0: know? an overnight change, man. They had they had two kids of their own, okay, um, Janae and Chase. Yeah, um, and they welcomed us and we stayed with them for a couple of days. and We had to go back to that foster care, um, foster home, and then they said, Um, we're gonna adopt you guys, and we're like, Please, I hope so, don't just say this and then <laughs> leave us, you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, they ended up doing it, and we ended up leaving there, and um, yeah, man. Uh,
1: you started, um, you started learning how to read though, uh, at, at eight or nine, right? Yeah. yeah so, so it was just a function of being in a better school. It was a
0: function of me, but I, it was a struggle because the school I went to was predominantly basically all white. So, I mean, I remember one of the kids telling me it was my first time I'd ever seen a black person ever. Yeah. <laughs> so my parents really wanted a good education for us. So I went there and man, eighth grade. I mean, not 8th grade, 3rd grade, 4th grade, 5th grade, 6th grade, 7th grade, 8th grade. I was in special ed. Really? So, yeah, I was in special ed. I remember even in 4th grade, like, I was scared to, like, read in class. I'm like, please do not, like, call on me because I didn't want people, like, to know. And I used to be scared if I messed up on a word. Like, not well, scared, but I used to cry. Like, I used to cry, like, because I was just... Because I knew I wasn't where everybody else was. So I said about time I get, about freshman in high school... I want to be tested out of of special ed. So as I kept going, fifth grade, sixth grade, seventh grade, I started dropping classes. And I had one class left by the time I got eighth grade. And my goal was to be on, you know, be with the regular kids. Majority of all my classes with the regular kids. And I tested out of that. And um, by ninth grade, I was getting 3.2, 3.3 GPA. And um, everything just started catching up. But I had goals and I was, I didn't want to be just like another black kid that was just fast. Um, And, Dumb at a sense, I don't want to be a statistic, so I, had to, I knew school was important and I just worked my butt off. And I was, it was a it was a, something that I struggled with, and it was a, something that I had to attack. A lot of people want, run away from the things that they're not good at, and uh, I couldn't run, so I had to face it head on. And I just kept setting goals and um, accomplishing things.
1: So but you, you could run, you could run really you know, fast, so could. but also the the way you applied yourself, I mean, what we were talking about earlier—the way yeah. you applied yourself to become a better runner—surely you um, used those same, those same methods, right, or the yeah. same dedication and commitment in in getting better in your schooling, right? Was it just a matter of like applying yourself every day in that sense, or or did one come easier than the other?
0: Well, one is that one came running. Um, applying that came a lot easier because there was a more of a will and desire in that. School was uh, something that. Um, some people are really good at. Um, A lot of people have to, you know, I've seen a lot of kids that barely studied and then go in there and get A's. And I didn't know at a sense how I learned. You know what I mean? Everybody learns differently. And as I got older, I understood that I mean how I learned, I'm more of a vision person I I got to see things in order to to fully grasp the whole whole picture. So for me um I I I kept I kept at it. I'm mean, lucky I had great teachers and great uh supporting cast. Um but I also had the will to to get better as well. So for me it was man you have to buckle down. You got to you got to I mean as bad as you uh a lot of sporting sports running came a lot easier for me i mean i mean this ain't as easy so you gotta you gotta grind you know but you can't just choose you know so i just i I just grinded
1: and that's how you did it Mm -hmm. um how how competitive were you in in the track space at that point you were i mean we're talking about like kind of freshman year high school you know you had that kid in eighth grade that you wanted to beat by the way did you eventually beat him
0: Oh yeah. Um <laughs> they never beat me again. I told you, they never beat me again. And I remember um uh, my first my first track meet, um, when I was in eighth grade. No, it was the seventh. I lost and I cried. What was you it? Probably like- think I'm to cry baby, I'm not to cry baby. <laughs> I cried because I'm like, I thought I was fast. Yeah. And about when I got to eighth grade, ninth grade, none of them cats ever beat me again. Ever. I used to street race a lot too.
1: What'd you do after you lost that big race?
0: Um I went home and I went on the computer and I start watching film of uh, Carl Lewis trying to say, okay, what does he do to get, to get faster? What is, what is his technique like? And so I just started practicing over and over and
1: over again. You just emulated world I champion emulated. track athlete, the yeah. Olympian Carl Lewis.
0: And I just used to just run, 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 run.
1: run. And even then you knew, to like, like nobody was telling you, look at your, nobody, yeah. look at his angles. or
0: Nobody was him. telling me. So what I do was, I remember when I, even when I, was like, I used to um, study out, I mean, print out. I had this booklet that was like, you know those binders? So I had a, all information on how to run faster than pictures. And um, people, like segments of picture, pictures of people running. Each each angle, each thing. And I would study at body angles, understanding, okay, acceleration type end speed. And I had a stack. It was so big that none of my papers can fit in it. So I used to just stack them in the middle. And... That was all the information um that I was studying I had in my mind to how to how to apply the right bomb mechanics and force and understanding speed and, and power and stuff like that. And man, I used to be up three o'clock in the morning um and watching film over and over and over and over again. What
1: are you, like thirteen at this point?
0: Mhm. I did it all the way through high school. I didn't go to no school dances, I didn't go to prom. I was just working out. I was at the track working out.
1: Did people think you were crazy?
0: People thought I was weird. My parents my parents thought I was weird. <laughs> <laughs> because I didn't, I, mean, I didn't go. I didn't go with no. I didn't have no girlfriends. I didn't do. I didn't do none. Of that. I was just so driven, um, because I had a fear when I was younger to, of being nobody. And I seen. I used to cut out the clippings on, on on my and put it on my wall of, of people who made mistakes and people who had a gift. And they what let do you it, mean, people who were like so gifted athletes, athletes who messed yes, up, who messed up, and they let that go to waste. And I took it out and I put it on my wall and I told them I'd never be like these people.
1: Who would, like, give me some like, examples.
0: Uh, like Maurice Corrette. Right. Um, he was one of them. Um,
1: was he doping or? He, he had,
0: anything? he had, he was a football player at Ohio State. Okay. And uh running back. Um, had the world on his hands. And um, I guess he had, he was between, he a robbery, I think. Okay. And everything just crashed. Whole dream. And, um. I was like, God, man, I'll never let waste my gift, my talent. Because so, you knew at this point you know. Yeah, 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 You I knew. knew you had
1: something. Uh-huh. But was there a goal in mind where you're like, man, I want to be in the Olympics one day, or I man, to- I want to be a pro NFL
0: yeah. player? Yeah, uh-huh. those are my two goals. I want to be in the Olympics. Or- oh, it was both of those yeah, goals. Yeah, it was both yeah. of those goals. Okay. And uh, I said, I have to, you can't, my, my dad has told me, you can't be like everybody else. You got a gift. You got to be different. And the thing was me, I, was not, I didn't drink, I didn't smoke, I didn't do none of that. Um, and people respected that because I didn't give in to peer pressure. And um, I was, I didn't want to make any mistakes. So I was just smart. And um, I just, was me. I used to run in the hallways, um, the grocery store, running with my arms, practicing my technique. It didn't matter. I didn't care. I'm like, I'm, I'm the fastest or so what? I don't, I mean, what can you really say? But it was just not people okay with being different. You How know they- what I mean?
1: Yeah, and, and how how did you get the self-confidence to do that, especially because high school is such a formative age. It's yeah. a, kids are so kind of worried about image and how they look and how they appear to others. Like, How did you have the self-confidence to just pump your arms in a grocery store in a small <laughs> town in Ohio?
0: Yes, for me it was about um, I understood the world in a sense, other people, and I understood that you can't conform to, to what the world is doing what everybody else is doing. Because you got to understand that I was, for me, I said I'm on a path. I'm on a goal. I'm on a dream. For me, it didn't matter what anybody thought about me. I'm going to be different. I'm going to do it my way. I'm not going to conform. And I'm not going to try to please people. Because when you try to please people, um, you lose yourself. And then you end up being unhappy, trying to please everybody. and, And doing what everybody else is doing. So, I knew the only person that I could please was God. I'm really big on faith, and uh, I was okay because I was I was popular, so I was okay with just being just being me and being cool with everybody. At a sense, even people who made fun of kids, the gothic kids and all, that. I was cool with everybody.
1: You hung out with the goth
0: kids. yeah, everybody. The weirdos, the people that had like um, if they had Down syndrome, it, it didn't matter because I showed love, and I knew that I'm no different than anybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah. So at a young age, I just, I just was me and uh, just try to be different. That must have been a trip because,
1: because I mean, in high school, if you're like a star athlete, you kind of like, have your pick of the litter, right? Yeah. You can, you can do whatever you want. You can hang out whatever you want. You can not hang out with whoever you want.
0: Uh huh. And, and you
1: went the opposite route.
0: Yeah, I went the opposite. Hey, heck, yeah, I went the opposite route, and uh, um, it was, it was a lot of, a lot of, and a lot of people in my school because it was a lot of the cool kids or the popular kids. Or, they just stuck with their groups so It was cliques and yeah. you know what i mean that's that's how, how school high school is but um nah i just wanted to break that ice
1: so you were working your butt off and um did you get any offers like college scholarship offers to yeah, play football so, cuz you're a great football player yeah yeah i mean you're man. like the the youtuber by the way we should say like you're kind of a little bit of a YouTube sensation as well, right? Yeah, like uh-huh. like fastest man in rugby, yes. But like even before, like there's your workouts, there's you jumping onto six foot uh pilings, um, like in a one clean jump, like yeah. Superman style. Actually, did Superman do that? No, I don't think so. Someone did though. Yeah. <laughs> Some t- but it's like superhero S the type of stuff you did. Uh-huh. And and it must have been for you, was it just was it like I want to continually push my body's limits i want to continually see what i can do or were you very much focused on just doing everything you could to become a better runner
0: um do everything i can to become a better runner um fear um motivated me fear of what being a nobody um <laughs> fear of uh you know wasting my gift i didn't want to be a nobody i was so scared so of what's
1: your definition of what a somebody is with your gift
0: using my uh talent to not only just show the world how, how special it is, but to inspire people. My main thing, I wanted to inspire people, and I wanted to use my gift. If I wasn't using my gift, if it was... If my gift... If I was not using my gift, that was a waste of time. I was I was not using... I, I was I was a, a somebody. And at a time, at a point in time, my fear of being nobody was actually coming to reality. In what sense? In a sense because when I, I left college... I was in college, I was... All-American uh, freshman year doing football and track, two sports. And I used to study film all the time, just three o'clock in the morning. And I had a sense that my, 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 my path was different and my, my my dream was different. All I could want to do was like, I wanted to just run track professionally, X, Y, Z. That's it. And a lot of people was telling me this and that. And deep inside of me, I knew my my path and where I wanted and out of life was different. And a lot of people can tell you do this and do that and you just go with the norm and and what's safe. And I ended up leaving college and I was back home and I, w- I was working for my parents at a child care center. And I'm in the snow on breaks and I'm running, um, running in the snow, doing everything I can to try to be faster. I wanted to run, you know, track professionally in XYZ and I used to run, um, watch Michael Rogers, um, who I ended up training with was one was somebody I was inspired by because he came up for nothing and he runs for Nike. And um, I always wanted to train with him. And I'm back at home, and let me tell you this, the, the worst thing is feeling like you're you wasting your time, like your gift, like you're not using it. To look yourself in the mirror every morning, was just hard, and to know that you're not where you're supposed to be or where you're capable of being, and knowing that this person you see on TV that you're faster than or better than, and... He's making it and you not, to live with that. And a lot of people live with with that every single day because they either made a decision or they gave up or X, Y, and Z. And they have to live with that for the rest of their life. And it's it's a horrible feeling. And every day waking up and reminding myself, like, man, I'm not where I'm supposed to be. I'm 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 I'm, I'm fighting for something that seems so far fetched that to the part to the to the human eye, there's no way it happened. There's no way. How do you get out? There's no way. And I got out, and all I needed was a chance. And, and 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 for me, God, I have faith. But I kept pushing, even though I was I was sad and depressed, man. I was like down, but every day I just kept working and working. And it always it started from when I was young, so I built good habits. Habit builds character. That's what that's what character is. You you sow your seeds in, in the right habits, and then your character will show. So for all the time for when i was younger and i just kept working hard and working hard and working hard and working i was sowing good seeds and whether it was good times or bad times i just kept it moving i just kept it moving i just told myself don't just keep it moving and doors just start opening boom 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 and i just stepped in and i just took advantage of it and i built good habits and um i could have gave up i could have i could have quit i could have Done what everybody else was doing, I could have just kept working and and just live a normal life. But I knew I couldn't live with that, so I had a dream, I had faith and I and I kept my dream alive. The hardest thing is when you're young, and when you get to grown, is keeping a dream alive. A lot of people don't do that. Well,
1: because, also the dream changes. Yeah,
0: the dream changes. Yeah, the dream changes. Right. But at the ultimate, the dream. Ah.
1: So, so what? What I want to ask is uh-huh. how? How do you adjust when the conditions of what you? What you thought you were going to do change, right? Yeah, like you yeah, yeah. You thought you were going to be an NFL star. Uh huh. You're, you know, you're not. You, you went to Ashland University, which is yeah. what Division two, two. Division, Division two. two, exactly. Yeah. You did incredibly well there. Yeah, it's But yeah. still hard as heck to get into the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're confronted with that, that realization, that reality, how do you adjust?
0: Easy. So, I mean, it's not easy, but it's all about perspective. So when you when you have the right perspective and you have the right outlook the outcome changes. But when you don't have the right outlook, your outcome won't change. It'll still stay the same. So for me, my main thing was, okay, I had a story. I wanted to inspire people. That was my main thing to inspire people. And I wanted to use my gift. So football, I was out the way. Track, I was doing track. Um, Ended up going to Austin, Texas, running with Michael Rogers and his group. And 2012, going to the Olympics, and that was my main thing. And I'm like, okay, if track don't work out, then what? I'd have went another four years. And I'm sitting there, and I'm studying film. Right. And I'm like, hey, my NFL Game out the way. Okay. How, how
1: close were you with track, though? How
0: Easy. F- I qualified for Olympic trial, so all I had to do was go.
1: So you but had to finish in what? The top four? Top or three. Top three.
0: Before you can go to a relay. I mean, you get to the finals, you'll be good. You go to relay, you may go to the, to the Olympics, X, Y, and Z. But i was only been running professionally at that level about a year, for a year and a half, Yeah. And I knew I wasn't where I'm supposed to be. And I'm like, man, and lucky at my good friend Chris who, how I got down there, he was paying for everything, basically. And I wanted to, because he believed in me, and I wanted to be like, you know what, I'm going to show him and my appreciation for him. So I was like, you know what, okay, I saw a rugby, and my thing was, okay, I can inspire people. But I was like, man, what if it became America's fastest rugby player? What if I became the world's fastest rugby player? Um, what if I made the Olympics? What if X Y Z? Had all these goals, in my, in my mind? what if I inspire people? That was my main thing. What was I want to inspire people, and I'm able to use my gift? And I saw it all through rugby. So I had a picture, and I said, God, if you really want me to do this, train, you know, give me a sign. So I lay him. I wasn't. I wasn't closed off. I was open. And You got to be open with with things, and um, with change. But I would still be able to do the things that I did in football and track. And that's and I, and I had the right perspective of that and when i saw it um i was like man i can do this and
1: you, I, you were watching rugby
0: i was videos. watching rugby and i saw the guys making these long tries had like, you
1: watched rugby before Hex, no yeah
0: i think somebody i went somebody mentioned to me before about um you know rugby i didn't really know what it was but like tackling with no pads like tackling with no pads Hex no get my teeth knocked out mm <laughs> and you know the crazy part is i end up even in 2013 i end up being with the detroit lions in the NFL.
1: That must have been thrilling.
0: Yeah, one of my another dream come yeah, true, you totally. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I knew what my path was and I didn't go back the next to season and I just stuck with rugby and
1: But and how did you how did you realize that this path was no longer valid, the NFL path? Like cuz you know, Detroit Lions could have been it I mean they wanted kind of I guess the 49ers drafted a rugby player at one yeah, point yeah, and they yeah. wanted to develop him. It was like, uh-huh. you know, I feel like they look at guys like yourself as long-term mm-hmm. projects, right? Yeah. And and you just weren't with it.
0: Yeah, so a lot of people would tell me, no, go do that. But a lot of people don't have, they don't understand their purpose. Mm-hmm. What are you chasing? Are you chasing money? Are you chasing this? Chasing? Right. I was just chasing my prayer. I was out. I sit here, here I come. God gave me all these things. I was became the world's fastest rugby player. i might inspire many people. And I was touching lives. So my thing was, why would I give that up, for 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 uh, for something that's that's, I wouldn't be able to do as much, or I'd be a, a, a fish in a, in a big pond, a little fish in a big pond. Sure. And I'm like, no, I'm not gonna be blinded. So never would like to blind you. You know what I mean? And I wasn't gonna be blinded and and use different. I knew, the right. I knew my path. Mm. And rugby was it, and mm. I was stuck with that. And if I didn't do that, then I wouldn't be able to touch as many people. And showed, I mean, you can do anything you put your mind to, overcome adversity and X, Y, and Z. Right. And so, I mean, yeah.
1: Tell me about this Tell me about this trainer, this guy, Chris Chris Maggiore?
0: Maggiore, yeah. Maggiore,
1: yeah. Uh, when did you first have contact with him? And when did you first reach out to him?
0: Or so, did you, I, I assume, so, you're,
1: because I'm, I'm just assuming, because yeah. you're the type of dude you are. We've been talking about half an hour now, and yeah. I just feel like you would have reached out to him. It wouldn't have been the other way around.
0: The thing was, I'm very shy.
1: <laughs> That's crazy to me. Bro,
0: I'm telling you, man, I am shy. You have no idea. And I remember I was in You the- literally
1: just sang on that microphone the first thing you did when yeah. you sat down. You played drums in the other uh-huh. room when you can't play drums. Yeah. And actually, it sounded pretty decent, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, I do what I can. Thank you, I do what I can. So wh- what are you talking about when you're saying shy? Bro, what does that mean? I'm
0: shy all my life, bro. I've been shy. That's why I really didn't talk to girls when I was younger. Because I was I was shy yeah, to know but that's what to scary. say. Yeah, that's true. But even with I was just for me, I was always in my own lane, my own bubble. Um I always was just by me because I felt like nobody believed in me but me. So I kinda shut off the world at a sense and I just became so introvert. I'm an introvert at a sense, but it's for me, I come out a lot. I mean I've grown a lot, but um, like you, you like you, man, you you got a good vibe. And people got good vibes, so for me I'm able to to uh, To let it loose, you know right, what I'm saying. Right, right. Um, So I'm not as shy as, as I mean, I'm kind of everything in the one. Okay. So when I when I somebody told me go, go to Chris, and Where I was scared. Where is Chris? Where Chris, is you based? By the way. In Ohio. So in Ohio. So he lives in still, Jackson. Okay. But he has a, um, he owns Powerhouse. He owns a whole bunch of stuff. So he owns Powerhouse. So a gym. I was doing these like 72 inch boxes, and um, and then I was doing speed stuff. Next door, so I was coaching people doing speed stuff, and went up to Chris and um, asked him, like, you know, can you sponsor me X, Y, and Z? And he was like, "You're not gonna get no faster being Ohio." So he did his research and knew I was a good dude, and you know, I was I was the fastest and in, you know, um, in my county, in the state, in X, Y, and Z. And um, he believed in me, man. That man believed in me, and that's all. That's all I needed was a chance. Somebody would believe in me.
1: Did you have mentors up until this? No, point? No, I had no mentor. You, you I mean, just, my mental, how difficult was it for you to, you know, because you're a dude who believes himself constantly, and yeah, that's I his ethos, right? Like yeah. I'm self taught. I, you mm-hmm. know, I'm gonna throw a ball and run and you know, Rocky style, right? Yeah. How how strange an adjustment was that for you to go from being the one initiating everything in your life to having someone come to you and say, okay, this is what you need to do for your plan to really see realization. Was it tough or was it? easy? No, it was
0: easy because he was like, "You ready to pack your bags?" and I said, "Yep." And for me, I I knew God put him in my life for a reason. And um, I wasn't going to let him down. And I knew that how driven I am in the world that I have inside that I wouldn't. So.
1: How'd you know he was serious about you?
0: How'd I know? Because he said, wherever you want to go, you can go. And I went up. And you know the guy I told you about Michael Rogers? I studied over and over again. Yeah. I messaged him. And. He messaged me back. I'm like, oh my god, can't believe he messaged me back. Two weeks later, I packed all my stuff, living in Ohio, moved down to Austin, Texas, and they don't let anybody in their training group. know, I am training with them, and then three months later, I'm running on ESPN. So he believed in me. He yeah. knew. He, he 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 knew how he know he knew how, how hard of a worker I am. Yeah. And I was so determined to show him. Thank you.
1: And what did you see in him as a mentor that that was that convinced you know you that this was going to be kind of a long
0: relationship consistency um you always you always judge people off of consistency and with this he was so consistent and he he kept calling me kept checking on me and he just he was just there and uh he didn't he didn't leave man even i mean even when i told him i was switching to rugby um i was adamant to saying i'm proving thank you and when I made the Olympics, when I qualified when qualified for Olympics, I was on the field and I brought my phone. And he was the first person I called.
1: That's cool.
0: And uh, I just fell to my knees because he didn't want nothing from me but for me to make it. And uh, I really appreciated that. So uh, he's special to me, man. That's my mans. And uh, yeah.
1: When? How long ago was this, by the way? Like four years ago, five years ago? When what? When you met him?
0: Um, I met him, yeah, like five five years ago. Was that Two, two. T- I met him 2011, actually. 2011. Okay. Briefly 2011. Because the Olympic yeah. trials were 2012, 12, I think, Yeah, right? mm-hmm. 2011.
1: Mm-hmm. And then you pivoted to rugby in 2013 or something? 2012. Or 2012, that same Somewhere year. June 2012. So you must have been like, like rugby rule book on Wikipedia or? Oh
0: man, <laughs> the thing was... When I left Austin, Texas, I had to drive to Aspen, Colorado, and I had like five hundred dollars in my name. It took me two hundred fifty. Why did you
1: have to drive to Aspen?
0: Because that's where the club was at.
1: Oh, okay. So you reach out to a rugby club. So I reached
0: out. I, I emailed the CEO. <laughs> you emailed the CEO. The CEO of what club? Of, of like, no, of rug, USA Rugby. Not of Jamelville. of USA, USA rugby. rugby. You okay? I emailed him. I showed sure him did. my accolades. Yeah. yeah. Next day, prayed about it. He called me like five in the morning. Picked up talking about rugby four days later I packed all my stuff I left Austin people were like what are you doing you crazy x y and z and I ended up going to Aspen Colorado and I was for about a month I was sleeping on couches eating peanut butter and jelly ravioli and working at a doing construction working and working at a, a flour factory and I'm like oh I got to make it and I remember driving up there and I'm crying and I'm like if this don't work out I'm screwed because I put all my eggs in one basket and I remember God telling me, He said, "Trust me, trust me, trust me." And I almost turned back around, and um, I didn't. And about a month playing, uh, I made, I got invited to USA Development Tour Canada. I toured up there. Next day, I me my contract. Bam, one goal came true. About three months, made my first tour, became the world's fastest rugby player. Three months, got sponsored by about six months, sponsored by Nike, one of my other dreams. Um, like I got sponsored by Red Bull. That's a blessing as well. Shout out. Uh and um everything I inspired music people in the world. So everything that I told you about as far as when I saw rugby, everything that I visioned came true. Came true. And um
1: Can I ask you something? Mm-hmm. What was the difference between getting hit as a rugby player as opposed to getting hit as a football player? Uh, or are you trying to avoid both? No, 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 <laughs> so. no. So
0: so with with football, I mean I've been hit pretty hard in football, but it didn't shake me. Um, the thing is, um, people in football, man, they just coming at you with all this tenacity and just full speed and trying to basically knock your head off. And rugby, I mean, you can do that in sense, but you can't because it's kind of controlled. But I'm sitting here, I remember I'm sitting here and I'm just like, ooh, I'm, I'm scared to get hurt. Like, ooh, like... Because
1: <laughs> you didn't have any pads, right? You don't got I mean, no pads. Yeah. Like,
0: I'm not trying to break my, trying to break my arm get all these knots and bruises. And get my teeth knocked out. And I was so scared because I'm like, my mom paid a lot of money for my teeth. So uh, <laughs>
1: They're beautiful, by the yeah, way. Thank They're you. like glistening white and very straight. Yeah, you know. <laughs> very nice.
0: Bling. <laughs> uh, so, James,
1: first name James will put the sound effect okay. in afterwards. Uh, cool. <laughs> of you going bling.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so I'm running and I'm just like ah, 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 and I'm going down. So I'm like, okay, it ain't that bad. Yeah. And then um, yeah, it's it's actually not that bad. Once you learn, but you gotta learn how to tackle. Right. Like I remember one time I left, I used to lead with my head in football yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah. And that minute, that minute I did that boop, concussion, boop, knocked out. So it's like it's all technique. So for me, I didn't the hits ain't that bad actually, especially when you fast. So yeah. I just try not to let them catch me. But boy, it could be vicious.
1: Yeah, it can be, right? Mm-hmm. And and I mean, w- what was it like for you entering this sport? I mean, were you kind of perceived a bit as a freak show because you were like people thought, hey, this guy's this guy's just fast. He doesn't even know rugby.
0: Oh man, I got a lot of haters at the a lot of haters at the beginning. Like Yeah,
1: some with Scottish accents. Yeah, unadded. exactly. <laughs>
0: Irish. Yeah. Uh huh. I was like, what's up with all the what all the hate? Yeah. It yeah. was a lot of love though. But from who? From a lot of people, because they never they didn't see, they they never saw somebody like with that speed before, so it's right. it's foreign at a sense. Right, right. And then rugby, them I and there's some fast players. I'm gonna tell you that yeah. a lot fast. I'm a, these guys are a lot faster than NFL players I can tell you that much. But they ain't see no speed, so it was it was foreign. It was different, but people liked it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I got some haters, oh he's just this and that, and that. So I had to prove them wrong. Cause I you know I love proving people wrong. But um, I had to make them believe, mm. and it, that drove me to um, the, the doubt. And I remember writing on posters on my wall of everything negative somebody said to me, and I still have those. And I just use that as as motivation. Yeah, that's And turn those non believers to believers.
1: School us a little bit on um, the rugby se- difference between rugby sevens, which is what you play, yeah. right? Which is seven seven, seven on pers- seven. Seven on seven and, and uh, rugby fifteens, which, which is, is the kind 15- of the standard Ooh, rugby, Lord. right? Mm,
0: fifteen on fifteen. What, is that good or bad? Is that a oh, good it's bad? I bad? mean, f- it's not a lot of space, first of all. Yeah. And then I'm tackling guys that's 200 and, no, I'm about 110, 120 kgs, or is it two?
1: 100 and, oh, man, that's like some metric and, imperial. So,
0: no, about 110, 120 Oof. kgs. Yeah. Um, guys like 230, 250 pounds, and they're 6'2", 6'3". I'm 5'8", and I weigh 167. Right. And they're coming at me, and with 15s, you can go with a lot of more of, power into it because it's it's not allowed as much running so you're not fatigued and right. they're coming at me full steam yeah. and it's them or me and they coming at me and I'm like I gotta tackle this big old dude and and <laughs> in, in, in those type of games I wear my mouthpiece because yeah. in sevens I don't really wear my mouthpiece but in, in 15s you gonna have to wear your mouthpiece or you are gonna be in a hospital so <laughs> it's a lot I mean those those hits man and it's just boom boom boom
1: yeah <sighs> So sevens is more kind of a free flowing it's game, a, right? Yeah, so just because it's is, is it on the same size pitch?
0: Yep. So it's about seventy meters, sixty five to seventy meters wide and a right. hundred meters long.
1: Okay. And and so there's just more space because more there's, space. there's like literally less people on the yeah, pitch yeah. means there's more space.
0: But you wouldn't think because so more boy, the, the way they track is mm-hmm. it's, it's it, you'd be it's unbelievable how they can track so much space. So it's all about um setting my, my playmakers have to set me up. Or the wingers up really well, because um, if not, then they'll just branch off, and then there'll be two guys on you, and then you're like, uh oh, and then you gotta dish it out somewhere, or you gotta take it in contact, or try to use your feet and get mm-hmm. around and become a lot clever.
1: <laughs> yeah, what uh, uh, anything from football that you can apply to rugby?
0: Oh yeah, you could apply a lot, man. Footwork, um, like beating defenders one on one. Right. Um, soccer as well, because you gotta. We can kick the ball, kick yeah. and chase. Yeah. Um. I mean wrestling, cause I mean there's we wrestle a lot. Come scrum, so there's a lot of different sports that you apply into uh to to rugby, and I use track as well, as far as like manipulating and understanding how to accelerate and use my top end to not get caught. Um, so I kind of use it all.
1: How how uh is it your favorite sport?
0: Yeah, I'm between that and track. I still I love track, man. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, those two. <laughs>
1: Um I'm having to ask you all these questions about rugby uh, because it's just not very well known, right? It's not yeah, yeah. it's like it's a they it has a devoted following here. There's uh-huh. you know UC Berkeley has an incredible rugby team, right? Yeah. Um and uh the, the All Blues, I guess they're called, right? And all there's blacks. all are they yeah. the All Blacks or yeah. is that New Zealand? New Zealand are All Blacks. They're the All Blacks, yeah. So Berkeley's All Blues. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um uh the the point is that it's it's got a devoted following but it's not that big. What do you see as the potential for that sport here in the United States? Oh
0: it, from two thousand and twelve to now, mm. the 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 growth of it has been tremendous. When I first started to now, mm. um, oh my God. Um it's in clubs everywhere, it's in, kids are starting more at a younger age. Um, freaking a home tournament in Vegas has grown rapidly over the um, it's the fastest growing sport in America.
1: Do you think there's a uh, – this is like a pet subject uh, of mine, do you think there's a seesaw happening right now between Football and rugby, you know, um, dangers of football pushing more kids into rugby.
0: Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Um, I mean, you see a lot of parents talk about it, um, and I mean, football is going to be football. I mean, it's going probably will always be the mainstream sport, but um, the more people watch rugby, the more they love it um, because it's not it. It catches your attention as an attention getter, and it's not like it's freaking two hours three and a half hours to watch and it's it's just nonstop. Mm. so when you understand the rule and you start i'm like dang this is sweet yeah and yeah yeah, man so i mean you better watch out
1: yeah you think it's you think it's coming (laughs) it's coming man it's interesting so you um to come back to your speed you had uh you ran i think your freshman year you ran uh uh, 4.19 in the 40 yard dash is that right
0: yeah my fastest is 4.13
1: Four, your, oh, excuse me, <laughs> four one three. Yeah. Um, what's the fastest dude in the in the forty yard dash in the combine this year? Four two two. Okay, okay, and he's was he the one calling out like Usain Bolt and yeah, all those yeah, guys? Yeah, 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 uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh. So, you gonna take him up on that
0: challenge? Yeah, John Ross is home, baby. Come on, <laughs> man. Come on, I go for a two. I'll go for a two. Like I can jog. Like four two is easy to me. Right. I can go that without a doubt. Okay. When I went to the Detroit Lions they made me run a forty only one time. I was so mad I wanted to go again. Yeah. And I went four two two. I said, Let me go again, I know I'll go four one. Yeah. So yeah. four two two was like a warm up but I was like, man, all right, let me hit this four one. They only let me run it once.
1: Do you get faster with age? Or what's the peak for a sprinter?
0: So they say the peak is about I mean, you hit about twenty eight, twenty nine, uh but you can keep getting faster. Um, but you just gotta modernize some things and um, and it's, then it's about the little things, more or less. But I mean, you got guys, Kim Collins, running ten eight. I mean, ten flat, nine nine at forty years old. So wow, yeah. So I mean, I get stronger as a man, and I hit my you know age where you're fully a man. Yeah, yeah. How
1: old are you now, by the way? And
0: I'm old, man. I'm twenty seven, bro. Yeah, that's old oh, you. That's funny. Boy, um,
1: <laughs> so is there is there like well, I guess in your sport, right? Because it's like mm-hmm. twenty early twenties. Man, or rugby, pl- actually, rugby players are older, man. Rugby yeah, players yeah, yeah. late 20s, early 30s.
0: Uh, no, nah, late, mid, late 30s. Were yeah, so mid, I'm late to, 30s. Yeah, so oh, I'm wow. trying to go, I'm trying to play to at least I'm like, I man, 34. So I'm to two, two more Olympics. That's so. like baseball age, yeah, yeah. So I mean, some people play 38, yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. So you just got to just keep taking care of your body, but yeah.
1: So you competed in the 2016 Olympics, uh-huh. which was rad, I'm yeah. guessing,
0: yeah, hex, yeah. How'd you guys do? Not like we needed to. We won. I think we finished like ooh, horrible eight. We was projected to be medal, um, to win a medal. And um that day we just didn't <laughs> I don't know what happened. But we didn't do how we what we wanted to.
1: How is that possible when like rugby is such a small and, and growing sport in the United States that you guys are already projected to medal?
0: Because we were fourth, I think we were fourth in the world for that. And we know we're just a little bit off, and we know we just needed to fix a little things to be the top three. And even right now, where I think we're fourth in the world, we just finished second in our last tournament in the world. So I mean, we should have won, but stuff happens, and uh, yeah. So I mean, luckily we had a great coach, Mike Friday, who's turned our program around tremendously. I mean, we went through like three, four coaches, and every year. Yeah. And um, we found they got the right coach, and he just turned us from being. What 10th or 12th, and to being fourth in the world, and we got the talent. The thing is, we got so much talent on our team and speed, and we have where everything. The,
1: where do they come from, man? Are they
0: because are, are there some? So, lucky? we have we have humps, some I mean, we have Fijian, it's American Fijian, yeah. we have Samoans, we have a lot of Tongans, um, we have some, well, a lot of them, I mean, you know, Caucasian at a sense, and then mm. I mean, there's only two or three african-americans now i mean it was only one (laughs) it was just me but um so i mean i mean america has all the talent but it's you know
1: it's just a matter of like channeling it right and identifying and developing it
0: yeah and we have we have everything for a speed power we have everything so we have the whole tool set but it was just how to uh let it flow how to let it glow yeah um and man our coach did that
1: what are the big what are the big things coming up in rugby
0: so right now they're in uh, London and Paris, just finishing the season, the last two legs. Okay. Um, and that's the seventh. Seventh. So mm-hmm. regulars, we always have an HSBC series every year, no matter what. Okay. Um, so we have that, and then next year, we have that, and then we have the World Cup. After that, so the World Cup, and then that's the big next big thing, and then after that is just our season Olympic qualifier, um, and then after that it's the Olympics. <laughs> So the next these next three years is bang, 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 bang.
1: Okay. And how do you see your own development? Like what do you want to get better at?
0: Um, I want to get better at um creating more space for myself a little bit. Um and um become a lot faster. Um, first get healthy, first rehab right now. And um Yeah, you tore your ACL tore and somebody say i meniscus.
1: That's kind of a big those are like three letters that are pretty Harsh to recover from, right?
0: Yeah, Uh it was a fear of mind. How
1: far along are you in recovery? You you tore it when? When was it?
0: Um, right before Vegas. So I tore it. So it'd be nine weeks. Nine weeks post surgery. Friday. Okay. And I tore it eleven weeks ago. Okay. But I had nine weeks. I had surgery Friday. Coming this Friday, I had nine uh, surgery. Nine weeks. So I mean, I'm ahead of schedule. I mean, my PTs called me to Wolverine. Um, <laughs> because I'm healing so so fast and the things that I'm doing, my coach, I keep doing stuff with my coach saying, what are you doing? Yeah. He, he messaged me, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm fine, bruv. Like, <laughs> chill. Um, And um, yeah, I'm just so far ahead of the schedule. It's crazy. Not that I'm rushing, but man, for me it's a time for, I'm able to actually uh, relax and I'm able to, my thing, I'm trying to, um, transform my body how I wanted to,
1: okay.
0: and I'm about to come back nasty, bro. I'm about to come <laughs> back. I got this plan, and I'm about to come out so right, faster, just just better in, in every aspect, and on and off the field, and, and I'm excited for it, man. So yeah, I, I feel like I haven't done nothing. Which is the crazy part? But yeah,
1: I mean, you gotta you you got years, you got yeah. at least ten years in the sport. It sounds like, yeah. and and you you've got so much more. You gotta, you know, so how much of it is also cerebral, right? How much of it is like understanding yeah. what to do better or understanding the sport better?
0: Um, a lot of it, man, because with the sport, man, you're always learning, always right. growing. Right. And for me, I know that I'm not where I'm supposed to be, and yeah. I know that I, I, there's so much more of me I can give that are people haven't a lot of people haven't seen yet. Yeah. So it's about just keep tapping into it. And the thing for me, I want to get every ounce and ability out of me. Right. And that's why, and that's what I'm driven to do. And I'm scared to be, I'm scared to be average. So um, I just keep working.
1: So does this also translate to your drum skills? I mean, are you going to, are you going to eventually develop that into like, you know, arena rock level standards? Come or on,
0: man, you already know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that's, a, that's the next chapter. Yeah, yeah. Rugby. Hollywood Bowl.
0: Yep. All right. Drumming out. Carlin Tom. Isles.
1: Thank you very much,
0: man. No <laughs> <laughs> the uh,
1: pace of that interview is fascinating because uh, Carlin has this ability to be absolutely excited and really show it in in just a very very like emotional and, and fun way. And then he can switch and become really serious when, when the mood requires it. Uh, really, really inspirational. Really great guy. Uh, we had a great chat. Um, and I uh, hope you guys liked it. You can find us on iTunes. Uh, you probably found us on iTunes. You can also follow us on ACAST. That's our host network. Um, head over to redbulletin.com as well for more. And uh, thanks to First Name James, our engineer, uh, to our producer, T. Rizza, and associate producer, Ryan the turbo turbine. I'm Andreas Georges, see you next time.